The Gospel of Luke chapter number 13. I'm going to start reading from verse 24. I want to show you four things as I bring this message entitled Next Level Commitment. I want to say next level commitment. So that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Next level commitment. Four major requirements if you want to see next level. Next level also means that you're going to commit at a much greater way when God takes you to the next level. I want to say it one more time. Next level commitment. We read from verse number 24. Jesus is speaking. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. I want you to take note of that. I do not know you where you are from. I do not know you. I do not know where you come from. Verse 26, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. I want you to take note of that. We ate and we drank in your presence. So the fact that people come into the presence of God does not guarantee anything. He that cometh to God does not say, he that cometh to church. I think we cannot overemphasize that. It is not he that cometh to church. It is he that cometh to God. Because it is possible to come to church, but you haven't come to God. Amen. We ate in your presence. We drank in your presence. And so what does that mean? That means they were there. That means they sat in Jesus' meetings. That means they ate with him. And when they said we ate with you, they truly ate with Jesus. And they sat with him and they heard him preach and they heard him teach. And the sort of things that Jesus did. Yet Jesus said to them, I don't know you. I don't even know where you come from. Verse number 27. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. That's verse number 27. Depart from me, all you workers of what? Iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out or kicked out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first and there are first who will be last. There are some requirements that I want to show you, four of them. If you want to go to the next level, and I want to talk about next level commitment. Number one is intimacy. 
Intimacy is required. Write that down. Intimacy is required if you want to go to the next level. Intimacy. I want you to notice what the Lord said. I do not know you. You can say it this way. I do not have intimacy with you. That's really what it is. I do not know you means I do not have intimacy with you. Into me, see. I believe that God is calling us to a new level of commitment. One day Jesus preached a message that shook everybody. The day he said to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not have any part of me. No, Jesus was not asking them to eat his flesh physically. Neither was he asking them to drink, to drink his blood physically. Rather, Jesus was asking them to commit to him 100%. Because they had seen Jesus feed the hungry. Jesus had fed the hungry and they came this time around because of what they ate before. And so they came because they thought to themselves, well, Jesus is in the business of giving us food. So they came to eat again. So there are many that come to church for the wrong reason. We do not come to church for what we can get. We come to church because of what he has done. You want to write that down? You don't come to church for what you can get. You come to church because of what he has done. All that he has done in your life is the reason why you come to his presence. Yes, when you come to his presence, he'll bless you. But you don't come to his presence because of what you want. You come to his presence because of what he has done. If he has saved you, you come because of that. Come on now, say amen. amen. So many come for the wrong reasons. These guys came because they ate some food. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, not food. I don't mind getting people to church using food as a bait. But I want you to understand, food is not what keeps people in church. You can bait them with food. Yes, they would come. And oh yes, I've seen many come to church because we offered some food. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can use all kinds of things to catch a fish. Throwing the line. Yes. Use a worm. Yes. That's a bait. Use a grenade. But all we want is to see the fish come. But when the fish comes in, then we've got to clean the fish. And we've got to get the fish committed. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we've got a divine assignment to go out there and bring people in. And then when we bring them in, we clean them up. And we get them to become disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. 
And one of the things I've understood is disciples never leave. Disciples, true disciples don't leave. And I, don't, I do not mean to say they don't change church. But what I want to say is even if they change church, they are so committed to that which God has done in their lives through you. Are you listening to me? And what we need to start focusing on is raising true disciples. Because true disciples do not come for what they can get. They come for what the Lord has done so that God will also do things in the lives of other people through them. And I believe that God is calling each of us to that level of commitment. Where we are no more self-centered. But we look away from us. And we begin to look at what God wants to do in the lives of other people. I believe everyone here today can be a soul winner. We are not here. Listen, this is not an inbred church. We're not here to play religious games. Sit around on our blessed assurance and expect the Holy Spirit to do the work all over Turkey. No, the Holy Spirit will use you. I said the Holy Ghost will use you. You and I, we've got to open our mouths and we've got to preach the gospel because it is in the preaching of the gospel that faith is released in the heart of the hearer and then they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So there is a level of commitment that God is calling us to. That was a commitment. So the first thing here is intimacy. That is required if you want to go to the next level. Jesus said, I do not know you. Now think about a man who lives in this country and his wife lives in the other country. You, you know that's the recipe for disaster. That marriage cannot work. I don't care your reasons. Many years ago, we told a young man, you need to go back to your family. And he probably almost plead the blood of Jesus. Because people have a twisted priority. It's getting very quiet in this Pentecostal church this morning. No, really, if you want your marriage to work, you've got to be in the same house with your spouse. Amen. Thank you for amen from even those that are not married. <laughs> um, no, really, I'm telling you right now. You can't live in this city and then your wife lives in another city or another nation and then you expect to have intimacy. Intimacy do not happen from a distance. Oh, Pastor God, well, you know, there are all kinds of platforms these days. We can call on WhatsApp video. We can, we can, <laughs> listen, WhatsApp. Listen, there's something about the hugging and the kissing and the holding that meets the other person's needs that nothing else can do. Look straight at me. I'm preaching to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, there's something about the hugging and the kissing and the holding there's something about that that meets the needs of the other person that Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp video call cannot do. I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. There's something about holding hands and walking on the street together. There's something about sleeping on the same bed. That's called intimacy. 
And that is important for every relationship. No relationship thrives if there is no intimacy. No relationship. You've probably heard people say out of sight is out of what? Out of mind. Distance has a problem it creates in every relationship. Jesus said to them, you were not intimate with me. You call yourself a Christian, but you don't have any business with me in the morning. You don't have any business with me in the noonday. You don't have any business with me at night. So really to develop intimacy with the Lord requires that we spend quality time in this presence. I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. Quality time daily. Daily. Spending time in the presence of God. <clears throat> spending time in prayer. Spending time in the word. Come on now, practicing the presence of God. These are the things that will help maintain your intimacy with God. Because God wants to always see into you. Now think about intimacy, into me, see. So God wants to always see into you. And guess what? You also need to always see into God. The Bible says that as we behold like in the mirror, the word of God, we are being transformed. That wants it transformed. Transformed into what? One level of splendor to another. Glory unto glory. That was the intimacy. So intimacy is number one requirement to go to the next level. Can someone say amen? amen. You see, many Christians treat God like a firefighter. You know, firefighters get called when people panic or when people are in trouble. People call firefighters when they are in trouble. Is that correct? Yeah. The house is burning, that's when you call a firefighter. You don't call a firefighter to say, hey, how are you doing today? No, you call a firefighter because there is trouble at home. Some people, the only time they talk to God, the only time they call on God is when they are in trouble. Yeah. So they use God. But God cannot be used like that. God's not your errand boy that runs to your back and call whenever you want him to. And I, and I believe, and I believe, watch this, if you're a new believer, you will get by with some things. But you're going to get to a point where God will require you grow up. I'm telling you right now. Three months in the faith, four months, five months, okay, we understand that. But you're going to get to the place where God says, hey, no, it's not going to happen that way. You're going to grow up. You can't just pray when you have a problem. Because I'm not a fire brigade. God has to be part of everything that we do. His presence needs to be part of everything that we do on a daily basis. Can someone say a better amen? Amen. And so there is a price to pay. Tell somebody there is a price to pay. If you want to be intimate with somebody, you've got to pay a price. Now, a lot of people don't like hearing about paying a price when it comes to dealing with God. But listen, there is a price. The price for salvation, we could not pay. 
Jesus did. The Bible says by grace are you saved through faith. It is not your works. It is the gift of God. So we know that that price could not be paid by any man. That's why God came in the flesh. Because the phrase son of God means God in the flesh. So he came in the flesh and he paid the ultimate price. And you and I have become sons and daughters of God. But if you're not, you can become one today. But that price could not be paid by man. The Bible says without a shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. It is not the blood of bulls and goats. It is the blood of the Son of God that was shed at Calvary. <coughs> Can someone say amen? amen? But that price that has been paid has given you and I access into the family of God. Now that you are in God's family, like I said earlier when I was talking about River Bible Institute, there is a divine purpose upon your life. But this divine purpose is not going to drop on your laps. It is too holy. It is too precious for God to drop it on the laps of someone that's nonchalant. It only comes to those that are diehard seekers of God. You've got to pursue God with passion. And pursuing God with the passion means that there is a price you pay, not just to discover the plan of God, but to accomplish it. Now, when you start preaching like this, people think you're pulling out the law on them. No, this is not the law. This is grace. Grace is not laziness. And leaving it all up to God. Grace is God's empowerment to accomplish his purpose. Paul said, I was the last to come into this apostleship. In actual fact, comparing himself with, himself with the apostles of Jesus. He said, but I have worked harder than all of them. But it was not I, it was the grace of God. In other words, grace is the ability to... Do the things that God's called you to do. It is empowerment to get the job done. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah? So there is a price to pay. The price to pay for intimacy is spending time daily with God. I know this is a very simple message, but everyone needs to hear this. Because we cannot overstate the fact that every single day, a Christian needs to be in the presence of God. The day you decide to go on vacation is the day the devil will take you out. Yes, we go on vacation. We just came back. But I did not go on spiritual vacation. You cannot vacate. You've got to be on top of your game all the time spiritually. Watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Oh, I'm on vacation. I'm not going to pray. Give me a break. You will pray. I'm on vacation. I'm not going to open the Bible for the next 10 days or the next 2 weeks or 3 weeks. No, you will have to open the Bible because you cannot go on a spiritual holiday. I'm going on a sabbatical. Not from the Lord. Come on now, preaching good, say amen. amen. Always stay on top spiritually. Always at the cutting edge, praying in tongues, spending time with God, reading the Bible, getting new 
fresh revelation from the word of God. Hearing the voice of God. The voice of God will tell you, hearing God's voice will determine the steps you take daily. Them that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so God wants to order your steps, but you've got to stand and wait for God to speak to you. Because there are things the Lord wants to show you about that day. But it's not just about what God wants to show you. It's more about spending time with God. And guess what happens when you spend time with God? You smell like God. You talk like God. You behave like God. You act like God. You don't get walked up when things begin to go sour. No, you know that it does not matter what happens around you. What matters is what's happening on the inside of you. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? So spending time with God daily, spending time in His Word, daily devotional. Daily devotional. Now some of you are here this morning, you probably didn't even do anything today because you thought to yourself, well, when I come to church, that will be my devotional. No, 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 no. I had to do my own devotional this morning before I came here. Listen, you can't substitute your daily devotional with church service. Oh my goodness. You know when I come to church today, Pastor God will preach. That will be the word I'm going to hear from God today. Praise God. Yes, you hear the word of God as I preach. But I need you to also know that spending time daily with God is a priority. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Search the scriptures. Open the word. Read it. Read it. Read it. Maybe I'll get your attention if I say it that way. Read the Bible. Come on now, say amen. amen. This is not a religious book. This is the word of God. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. This is not a religious book. This is not a book you keep in a very special place in your house. That you pull out and dust every Sunday morning when you're about to go to church. This is the word of God. You've got to read it every single day. Because every day you open the Bible and read it, God is speaking to you. Amen. Say it with me when I read the Bible. It is, God it is God speaking to me. Speaking to me. People say, oh, Pastor God, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Do you read the Bible? What are you talking about hearing the voice of God? This is the voice of God. What other voice do you want to hear? Oh, I want to see a dream. Listen, if you don't know this book, you're going to be having a lot of pizza revelation at night. You're going to be dreaming some dreams that come because of the fufu you ate before you went to bed. Because of the steak you ate before you went to bed. I'm telling you, the word of God is this book we hold in our hands. And if we don't give priority to this, forget seeing dreams and visions. Because listen, even if it comes, you won't understand it. And the enemy can sneak into that, by the way. People are missing, people are missing the supernatural because they are looking for the spectacular. Oh, I want to see a dream. I want thunders and lightnings. And, you know, I want to go to bed and I want an angel, a 10-foot angel to appear in my bedroom. A woman, a woman said, I want to hear voices. And in her bid to hear voices, she began to hear the voice of demons. 
Listen, you cannot do this away from this. You can't. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. This is, this, listen, this is the parameters. We work within the confines of this word. If it's outside, I'm not interested. And also don't come to me with, I've got, Pastor Godwell, I just got a new revelation. But it's not in the Bible. What's the revelation? I saw a frog jumping out of the Bosphorus. <laughs> and the Lord said to me, no, the Lord didn't say any, anything to you because you saw a frog jumping out of the Bosphorus. And everything God will say to you, God will say to you within his word. That amen is weak. I say everything God will say to you, God will say to you within this book. God himself, he has honored his word above his name. And so if God speaks to you, God will speak to you within the Bible. God will never say anything to you that is contrary to his word. Come on now, say amen. The word is a light unto your feet. The word is a lamp unto your path. Come on, this is the word that lightens up your path. Praise God. That's why God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not, <coughs> excuse me, shall not depart out of your mouth. But thou shalt do what? Meditate. You know what the word means? Meditate means to ponder. Meditate means to think on. Meditate means to submerge yourself in it. Thou shalt meditate in it or on it day and night. Day and night does not mean morning and night. Even if you go by that, that's good enough. But day and night means consistently meditating on the word. Thou shalt meditate on it consistently. Day and night. And so you will observe to do. Everyone say observe to do. Observe. You see, because people do not give God's word priority, that is why they don't do it. You will observe to do according to what is written in it. Then shall thou make thy way prosperous and thou will have good success. That is Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Come on now say amen. amen. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. I want to say delight. You know the sweet they sell in Turkey? It's called the Turkish Delight. You know Turkey? How many of you have had Turkish Delight? If you haven't had Turkish Delight, you need to have Turkish Delight. It's good. It's good. It's good. Lokum. Turkish Delight. But the Word of God is my delight. Come on, say amen. amen. But it's delight. I want to say it's delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Are you, are you listening to that? His delight is in the law. Or you can say in the word of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate. Listen to this. Just like God said to Joshua in 1.8. In his law doth he meditate day and night. The same thing. Consistency. So no spiritual vacation. Tell your neighbor no spiritual vacation. Oh, I'm too tired, Pastor. That's why I did not read. I'm too tired. That's why I did not pray. And that's what the devil will keep doing. The devil will make sure you're so tired so that you don't read. The devil will make sure you're so tired. You're so fatigued. You can't pray. You're so tired. You can't read. And I'm telling you, this is going to affect your spiritual life. 
in his law that he meditate day and night. He shall be, watch this now, because he meditates on the word day and night. The Bible says, and he shall be like a tree. No, he's not going to be like a tree planted by the river waters until he meditates on the word day and night. Oh, there's a price. There's a price. You want to be like a tree planted, but you're not meditating. And this tree that's planted by the river of water shall flourish and shall bear fruit every season. In other words, you will be very successful. Oh my goodness, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. <laughs> you will be very successful. The, the word of God will produce success. Oh my goodness, how did God create the earth? By his word. But this same God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. In other words, man is like God. Man has the ability to create his own world by the word of God. You will have good success. That's what it says to Joshua. In Psalm 1 it says you, you will bear much fruit. Get ready to bear much fruit. Amen. That amen must be said by people that will do the work. Amen. Come on now, I'm preaching good. Amen. Listen, you, you've got to do what is required. Amen. Next level commitment. Have you noticed that the person you spend most of your time with is the person you look like? It is even said that when you've been married for many years, you, you and your spouse will look alike. And there are things you want to say to your spouse, but you don't want to say it with words. So you just look at her. Because you don't want others to hear. But when you look at her, she will understand. You did not say a word, but because you've been together for a long time... All you need to do is to look at her and she will know what you're saying. You see, when we spend time with God, God, listen to me. You will know the voice of God. It will come to you. And when people are struggling with, even in this day and time, they do not know what the future holds. I'm here to tell you, I know what the future holds. Because I've read the book. And I know what his word says. I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. Plans to do you good, not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the country. The work of your hands are blessed. You're like a tree planted by the river of waters, bringing forth its fruit in the season, whose leaves also shall not wither. And whatever you do will prosper. In the Amplified Version, he said, whatever you do will prosper and come to maturity. That's the will of God. I'm blessed. Can't touch me. Blessed. 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 Somebody shout blessed. blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Gordo, don't you see what's happening in the economy? Some of you, you walk around the change office every day. Looking at what the rate is. What is the dollar rate to the lira today? Is it 18? Some of you already know you've checked it on the internet. Is it 18 today? You're always looking at the dollar rate. It's time to look at the word of God. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Not according to the economy of Turkey, but by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. That's the way it works. Yeah, pe yeah. People get caught up 
People get caught up in the economies of the world. They get caught up in it. As if the economy of heaven is shaking. No, the economy of heaven is not shaking. The economy of heaven is still very strong. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to say this to you. God will find you wherever you are. And God will bring the blessing to you. Come on, it does not matter. Even if you are in the village of Africa. God will find you. God will find you. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Even if you are in the village of the Philippines. God will find you there. God knows your address. God actually knows the size of your shoes. God knows the number of hair on your head. Even though some don't have much, but God still knows. God God still knows the number of hair on your head. He knows. The Bible says, the Bible says he has numbered the every I mean every strand of hair on your head is numbered. So the next time, like I did yesterday, I was in my barber shop. The next time you go to your barber shop, when he shaves you, every strand that falls are counted. That's how detailed God is. So if God knows each strand and he has numbered each strand, what does that tell me? That tells me that there is nothing in my life that is so complicated for God to handle. Nothing. So you say, oh, my life is so complex. No, it's not. The reason why people's lives are complex is because they are the ones that are complicating their lives. Your life must become very uncomplicated. And the word of God will uncomplicate your life. Oh, I'm preaching good. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You look at people, they're walking around worried and concerned. And the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, I want to say with, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, hallelujah, make your request known unto God and the peace of God shall garrison. That's what it says in the Amplified. But it says in the New King James, shall protect It shall protect like a wall, like a fence. It will protect your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Put a smile on your face. Stop worrying. Jesus said, if you worry from now to... I'm just... This is Pastor Goldie's version. If you worry from now... If you worry from now till I return... You can't even add... A day. Somebody said a day. <laughs> Praise God. You can't even add a cubit... To your stature. Forget a day, bro. You can't even add a cubit... To your stature. Worry would not bring the solution. The solution is on the inside of you. I said the solution is within you. Come on now. Shout Hallelujah. When you let the word of God fill you, even when trouble comes, it will not move you. Oh my God, no wonder when they were about to cross over to the other side. The Bible says this mighty storm broke out against the disciples. But don't forget, it was Jesus that said, let us go over to the other side. And because he said it, the word has been released and there is a destination and they must arrive there. So here is a storm. So, Pastor God, but I'm serving, the, I'm serving God. Why am I going through all this trouble? Well, who told you that if you serve God, troubles will not come? In actual fact, the fact that you serve God makes you a number one target to the enemy. The enemy, the enemy, listen, I'm telling you. You have decamped. And so he hates you. He hates you with a passion. 
He does not love you. And he does not want to drink tea and coffee with you. He doesn't like you. Forget about love. He doesn't even like you. Are you listening to me? So he doesn't like you. So the fact that you are in the will of God does not mean you will not face some challenging times. But learn this today and don't ever forget it. Every trouble is a stepping stone. Every trouble, don't ever say I have trouble, I have problems because it is an opportunity to see the goodness of God. Amen. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So they were crossing over to, yeah, you want to give God the praise, give him the praise. Hey, glory to God. So don't ever say, I have a problem because you've got no problem. You say I have an opportunity. Tell somebody I've got an opportunity. Whatever it is you're dealing with today is an opportunity to see the goodness of God and to see the power of God and to see the glory of God in your life. People say I want to testify but they don't want to go through any test. You don't want to go through tests but you want a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So everything that looks like a problem is an opportunity. Will you ever forget this? It's an opportunity to see the goodness of God. So here comes a storm. It breaks out against them. But what did Jesus do? The Bible says Jesus was in the boat with a pillow slipping. And the disciples were freaking out. They were bailing water out of the boat. They were panicking. And when they did everything they knew how to do in the flesh. And could not resolve the problem. Oh, Jesus is here. Um, they remembered Jesus was there with them. Jesus cannot be an afterthought. Come on now, say amen. amen. Oh, Jesus is sleeping. Peter, go tell him. You know, you are very close to him. So tell him. So Peter goes to Jesus, and guess what he said to Jesus? Do you not care? Now he's accusing Jesus. <laughs> like, like so many Christians do. In actual fact, some Christians have given God an ultimatum. <laughs> God, I'm telling you right now. What month are we? Lord, I'm telling you, I'm praying right now with all my heart. This is August. And I've lived from January to August. I haven't seen much. The word of the Lord came to us. The word of the Lord said, you shall do big things in 2022. Lord, I haven't seen it. How much more do it? The word of the Lord came to us. And the word of the Lord said, you shall run with blessings, not helter-skelter. Lord, I've not even seen anything. How much more run? So Lord, I'm giving you an ultimatum. At the end of this month, if nothing big happens, I'm done with you. No, really, I kid you not, you'll be shocked when you hear people pray. They give God an ultimatum. They give God, they think God is their errand boy. No, God is God Almighty. Can't give him an ultimatum. He gives you an ultimatum. Come on, I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody today? So what is the first thing that I've told you today? Intimacy. Intimacy. So we can dwell on that for a long time. 
There's a price to pay to be intimate. Amen. There's a price to pay to be intimate. And in a place of intimacy is a place of conception. Did I say that again? A place of intimacy is a place of conception. Write that down. I've never seen, since God created Adam and Eve, never seen a woman got pregnant by drinking water. Never seen a woman get pregnant because the husband say, I wish you pregnancy. Never. It will never happen. You can pray all you want. Wish her all you want. But it's not going to happen. Intimacy happens like this. And when you get, listen, when you get intimate, that's when something is conceived. I know you're thinking all kinds of things right now. It's okay. It's okay to think about those things. There's nothing wrong with that. Why do you think God made it? Some of you are becoming religious right now. You say, it's okay. It's the will of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. But of course, that's within the four walls of marriage. Amen. Preaching good. So that's why you can't live in one city and your wife or your husband in another. I said, God will pray for me so that I get pregnant. Where's your husband? <laughs> the only person that has ever got pregnant without meeting a man was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it had to happen that way. How can this thing be? I don't know a man. I don't have intimate knowledge of a man. How can I conceive? The power of the highest shall overshadow you. And the thing that shall be conceived in you shall be called the son of God. So even with Mary conceiving, she also needed to have the power of God overshadow her. That was an intimate place for conception to take place. So conception only takes place in a place of what? Intimacy. So people want to see God's purpose and vision conceived and birth, but they don't have intimacy with the one that will put the seed in them. How did Mary conceive? The power of God overshadowed her. How do we conceive the plan of God? The power of God overshadows us. Oh my goodness. You see, when you spend time with God, the seed of the word will jump into you and will begin to build something on the inside of you. You remember how the Bible says in Genesis, I believe it's chapter 1, that uh, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, what did He do? Hey, talk to me. What did the Holy Ghost do? The Spirit of God hovered all. The word is the same that's used when a mother hen uh, incubates our eggs. It's incubation, actually. It says the Spirit of God hovered. Or you can say the Spirit of God was brooding. Or the Spirit of God was incubating. 
But I want you to notice the progression there that when the Spirit of God was hovering over the uh, emptiness, right? Over the chaos, that was when conception began to take place. It was after the Spirit of God did what had to be done that the Lord said, let there be light. In other words, God did not say anything until what happened? Conception. Are you seeing that? That's why a lot of people, they keep quoting scriptures and it's not working. The Lord will supply all money is according to the dream. No supply is coming. Why? Because it is not mounting off some nice words. It is speaking what you have a revelation of. Let me say that again. It is not mounting off some nice words. It is speaking from a place of revelation. If it is real in you, it's going to be real through you. That's why Peter said to the man who was at the gate called beautiful, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have, I give unto you. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what's not real to you. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. You can't do it. If you don't have it, you can't give it. I believe it's Acts chapter 4. When they, when they stood before the religious leaders of their day, Peter and John were threatening. They were told not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Is that correct? What did Peter say to them? You judge. What I, it's, it's, it's good to obey you instead of God. No, we would obey God. We can be quiet. We would tell what has happened. And the Bible says when the religious leaders looked at them and saw the boldness of Peter and John, they took notice that these were unlearned, uneducated men. But they knew they had been with Jesus. That makes the difference. They had been with Jesus. Because they had been with Jesus, they could only produce what Jesus gave to them. Come on now, say amen. When they were looking for a man to come play an anointed music so that the evil spirit that was tormenting Saul would leave. They suggested that to the king. The king said, okay, bring me somebody. And one of his servants said, I know a man from Bethlehem. He's a son of Jesse. He's a handsome man. Watch this now. All these adjectives were used in describing David. But these are not the things that made David different. The last one is what made David different. He says, and the Lord is with him. Oh my goodness. You can be handsome. You can play skillfully. You can have all these natural qualities and abilities. You play all you want. Nothing will happen. But the Lord was with him. So that's why when he came into the palace of King Saul and he began to play, you know the factor that affected the presence of the king? The presence of God was with David. And that is what brought about the change. Come on now, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. What did David have? David had the presence of God. And don't forget, don't forget, this boy was a shepherd. 
But out there in the field, he would worship. And the person you spend most of your time with is the person you're going to look like, talk like, carry the presence of that person. You see, you may not smoke cigarettes, but you will hang around people who smoke cigarettes, you smell like smoke. Is that correct? When you, when you come into the room, you just stink. People say, you've been smoking. No, you haven't been smoking, but you've been hanging around people that smoke. Are you listening to me? Because what they have will rub off on you. It will affect you. Let's allow the presence of God and the word of God affect us. So the price we pay in this intimacy that we're talking about is to spend time in his presence. It is to spend time in his word. It is to practice the presence of God. Pastor God, what does it mean to practice the presence of God? It means to consciously, con- I was it consciously, consciously, deliberately strike up a conversation with God daily. Deliberately. Sometimes you see people riding on the bus and they're looking out, looking left and right. So when you're riding on a public bus and you have 60 people in the bus, you can actually deliberately start a conversation with God. I've been walking on the street sometimes and people will look at me. They're coming this way and they, 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 they see that my lips are moving. And, and they look at me. You could see that they, they were, they're looking at me in a strange manner. Because who is this guy talking to? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the Lord. Are you listening to me? Yes. That's how to practice the presence of God. That's how to practice. You've got to deliberately practice having a conversation. People talk a lot about Smith Wigglesworth. Oh, what a mighty God, mighty man of God he was. Listen, it's time to learn from the lives of those men that have gone ahead of us. They said he would sit in his couch all alone in the room. And when you pass by, you see him sitting there and having a conversation. But you don't see anybody there. People wonder how God, how God used him mightily. Yes, because they paid the price. To come into that place where what they carry on them begin to rub off on other people. So science and wonders becomes the uh, order of the day. You're not striving in faith. You're not striving in the flesh. You're not striving. No, it becomes the order of the day. It becomes easy. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. You walk into a room, the presence of God fills the room. Because that's what you have. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Are you ready to go to a new level? If you're ready, lift your hands to the Lord. and Father, thank you. Thank you because you've given us the opportunity, the privilege, the grace. To pressing to you for this new, new level. And this new level of commitment. This new level of commitment, commitment to your word, commitment to your presence, commitment to prayer and spending time, quality time with you daily. That we're not in a hurry. I need to leave home. I need to leave home. I have an appointment at, at eight. I need to leave home. 
Lord, I pray that each one will come to a totally, a totally new place, completely new place, a place that they've never been in the spirit. And there are things the Lord will put in his finger on some things in your life that you need to cut away. If we spend more time with God, we'll carry the presence of God like never before. And I believe the Lord is calling you to a place where you carry his presence like you've never known. Thank you, Jesus. But I pray you bless your people. I pray, Lord, that what is happening in each one right now, it's a new desire, a fresh hunger for more of you. The Lord, each one will press into you and go deeper into the realm of the Spirit. That each one would know you intimately and personally. That each one will grow in the things of the Spirit. That each one will grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that your word has been sown in us as a seed today. And we thank you that it will bear much fruit. And thank you, Lord, that tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and throughout this week, we shall spend time in your presence and in your word. And we shall practice your presence. Lord, even those difficult things in people's lives will be resolved just because they come into your presence. They will hear your voice as they read your word. You will speak to them. They will know the path to take. They will know the decision to make. They will know who to be with. They will know the business investments that they have to make. They will know who they need to cut away from their lives and the things that you do not want them to continue with. Lord, I thank you that if each one will pay the price, they will see the results. In Jesus' name, give us grace to do this. Thank you, Lord.